Well, happy Sunday, my friends. Um, welcome to our Living Streams online service once again. Thanks for joining us. Um, today is day 42 of our quarantine in this desert city that we love. And uh, it's been an interesting ride. And uh, kids, thank you for taking the time to join us as well today. Um, March 16th actually is when we begin the quarantine with 15 days to flatten the curve. And uh, we decided to respond to our governmental recommendations by canceling all gatherings and launching this full service online church. And so here we are today. Then after the 15 days, our governor decided we needed to uh, extend for another 30 days for the month of April. And so we joined in with that and we canceled all gatherings again, continue with full service online church, but we added three emphasis that we thought were really important. We wanted everyone to resist greed, worry, and fear. And you guys have been awesome. In all of our pastoral calls, me in particular, calling and Zooming with different individuals in the church, it's been awesome to see you guys resisting greed, worry, and fear as you have faced all of the uncertainty of this time um, and including health you know, scares and challenges you might have as well as job loss, you haven't lost your faith or, or your hope. And it's been really beautiful to this pastor's heart to see. In addition to that, we wanted to emphasize being reconciled to God and neighbor. And sure enough, We've heard stories of you guys using your Bible apps a lot more. We've heard stories of you guys spending more time with the Lord and spending more time with your family, intentionally um, engaging in this time. And also we've been able to hear people coming back to Jesus because of this shaking, as well as at the end of our services, people have been giving their life to Jesus for the first time. Some of them we don't even know who they are, just connecting through online. So that's been beautiful. And then the last thing is we really wanted to emphasize generosity, being generous in this time. And you guys have told us countless stories of caring for neighbors and caring for the vulnerable. In our food pantry, we've had more volunteers than we could handle. In fact, we've been feeding people through the food pantry, but we also use some of those volunteers to make care packages for hospital workers at nearby hospitals and uh, one of the things I love is we didn't just give um, care packages to the, the nurses and all of that but we also gave care packages to the custodians because they're doing the work too. Um, in addition to that we've been able to host um, some homeless brothers and sisters here at the church who don't have access to live streams so they've been in a social distance way gathering in our courtyard to participate in church and they've just been a real blessing to see and to, to hear their stories in this time and also we've been able to give through our missions tens of thousands of dollars to missionaries who are right now in places where where the felt need and the vulnerable are, are very clear to find and 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 so they've been able to help in really neat ways so it's been a great um, season even though it's been a little hard a little awkward um, we've leaned into it and I'm, I'm really proud of you guys as a church um, the Living Streams family. But now we're looking to um, May, we're looking to what's next. And uh, we don't know exactly what's gonna happen, but the word now is reopening. We're, we're considering reopening. And, and, and again, we're gonna be waiting to see um, what exactly to do, but here's what we know. So please check in with this. We will reopen as soon as possible at Living Streams. Also, we plan to wait for the all clear from our governmental and healthcare professionals. No doubt about it. We also believe it will be a phased approach between our current closure and full reopening um, for our city and our church. We are processing all of this and we've come up with an in-between plan that will get us from here to there. And we're actually really excited about it. To borrow a line from Elf, we're kind of psyched out of our minds about it. So what that means is for 40 days after the resurrection, 
the church was wondering what to do. And then the Spirit of God fell, and, the, and it gave birth to the church, and gave birth to the season where the church grew and formed and strengthened by meeting house to house. And so we really do sense God is calling us as a church to, to grow, to form, and to strengthen as a church by meeting house to house. And so we're gonna be explaining that a lot more in the, in the weeks to come, a lot more vision and clarity and details to come. But um, we're, we, are, we are planning, we are thinking about it. We want you to know that. Um, but that's done with the announcements for today. And, and, and now I'm gonna introduce our speaker today, Dr. Don Wooster. Um, is, a, is a guy who is a marriage and family therapist professionally. He's also just a lot of fun to be with and talk to. We actually spoke on the phone for over an hour the other day just talking about this service today. Um, he's a guy who really loves Jesus. He knows what it means to be broken. And I think he's going to bring us a word that's going to be really um, offering soothing grace to our anxious souls today. So if you want to clap for him, if you want to woo-woo, whatever you do at home, um, here comes Don Wooster to share the word with us. Thank you, David. Good morning, Living Streams family. Uh, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Um, there's no requirement about where we gather. There's no requirement about how we gather. Um, but we're invited to gather in his name. And we're gathering in his name. It's great that we have a building. It's really energizing when we can meet together but the essence of what he does and wants to do in us and through us is that we're gathered in his name for his purpose to let him have his way with us. And so we're gathered. Um, when you read the gospel accounts, you can see that Jesus uh, would have violated some of the rules of social distancing that we have in place today. When you're the ruler, you can go beyond the rules. And he closed the distance. He embraced he eliminated anything that separated us. Uh, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, his desire, his declaration is that he's with us and he's for us. And wherever you are in your life, physically, emotionally, spiritually, that declaration is true over your life. He is with you and he is for you. Um, one of my favorite verses is in Zephaniah 3.17 and it says this, the Lord your God is in your midst. He is a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will quiet you in his love. That is his declaration over you and over I today, that we're gathered in his name. He's in our midst. He knows us. He loves us. He has joy over us. And his love, his love, has the ability to quiet us. Um, let me pray for our time and then we're gonna jump in. Uh, God, thanks that your truth is truth. Thanks that it doesn't expire. Thanks that it's better than having answers is having your truth and your presence and your spirit. And God, thanks that we are not an online church. We are a real church gathered online. There's nothing virtual, Lord, about our love, about our faith, about our relationships. Thanks that we are with you and you are in our midst individually and collectively and we welcome you, Jesus. So speak to us and um, let us hear and let us say yes and amen to you in your name. Amen. Um, 
I go through the mail in our house. Uh, I have that designated job. Maybe you have that in your job. I don't know how I got the job, but I am the mail guy. And we don't have it right to our house. We have to go down and pick it up. And so some days there'll be a couple of days. And I found this little pattern that when I go through the mail, that there's like a good pile. Uh, the good pile is things like, hey, it looks like an invitation. It looks like a check. It looks like some card, some personal thing. I go, that's good. There's kind of a discard pile. That's all the dear resident stuff. And then there's a hard pile. And a hard pile looks like a bill or a hard pile looks like uh, some follow-up request, something with some work or some discomfort. Um, last year, I was going through the mail and in the same day, I got two invitations back to back. I open up the first one and it's a wedding invitation from dear friends. And uh, it's a beautiful picture of their daughter and the fiance and they are in love and beautiful and happy. And there's a calligraphied invitation welcoming us to this celebration. I go, wow, invitation, picture, this is so good. The very next uh, envelope I opened was also an invitation with a picture. Uh, this invitation was from Paradise Valley Traffic Court. <laughs> it was addressed to me um, and it was inviting me. It was inviting me to come to court. And there was a picture with the invitation. It was a picture of me in the intersection at Lincoln and Tatum Road. And right above me, as I was, you know, driving 10 and two, good hands, right above me was the red light, um, which is actually a violation. And so I was being invited to court with my wallet, several hundred dollars. Um, it was back-to-back -back invitations, both with pictures, both with invitations. That particular invitation went in the hard pile, okay? Um, I want to read something from John, and I want you to tell me, are you going to put this in the hard or the good pile? Um, here's the invitation um, from Jesus. Uh, in John 16, verse 32 and 33, here's the invitation to us. A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you'll be scattered, each to his own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. Verse 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's an invitation being delivered to you today. So what pile do you want to put that in? Is that the good pile or is that the hard pile? And I would say, I think the invitation Jesus gives us, it is a hard and good invitation. It's both. It's the promise of a certain amount, a sense of being alone. It's the promise of trouble in this world. And it is good because he claims to be a resource for the hard that we're navigating. It is a hard and good invitation. And I hope it's an invitation that, that you'll think about this morning that it's both. And a lot of times Christ holds things together that we would separate. Is it good or is it bad? It's good and it's hard. And those are traveling together. Um, one of my uh, favorite traditions growing up was around Easter time, which we just celebrated a few weeks ago. They used to show a classic movie, The Ten Commandments, and you gotta be old to remember it, 
but uh, Charlton Heston and Ewell Brenner were in it. And one of the highlights of the movie uh, was, was uh, as the children of Israel were getting out of slavery um, from the Egyptians and God is leading them down the Sinai Peninsula towards the, the Dead Sea. And um, suddenly uh, the Egyptians realize that they've lost their free labor force and they decide they're not happy about it. And they decide that uh, they're gonna follow up with 600 chariots and some people that are very ready and willing to annihilate the children of Israel. And so they come storming down on them. They're camped on a peninsula. There's water on both sides and the Dead Sea in front of them. And as they see 600 chariots racing down on them, they panic, they're frustrated, they're scared, they're yelling. They go to Moses, their leader, and they're going, what in the world are you doing? You said we were gonna leave slavery and have this great life. We're in more peril than ever. And they are going hard at Moses and Moses doesn't have the answers that they want. It is very stressful. And God puts up a little wall of fire that temporarily at least holds the Egyptians on the other side, but they're not leaving and there's nowhere to run. And that scene, that picture, which is found in, in Exodus chapter 14, I think is this picture when we're sort of supposed to be heading into this promise and instead find that something is coming hard behind us. There's no way to go back. And there's also no way to go forward. We are at a dead end into the Dead Sea, and it feels like we could be dead. That is a lot of stuck. That is a lot of overwhelming. That is a lot of hard. And that's the picture we find in Exodus. And here's uh, God's response to that in Exodus 14, uh, verses 13 and 14. Uh, Moses answers back to the people, it says, and he says to them, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. In verse 14, he says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. The Lord will fight for you. Your job is to be still. Um, I think the first thing that when we get to these dead end places, the very first requirement, the very first invitation is to recognize God will do the fighting. Your job is to get still. And that can be a pretty challenging job when there's things coming from behind us and there's no way forward and we are feeling the real stress, the invitation to go, what if God was doing the fighting and what if our job was really to get still? What if it was really to let his, the victorious warrior in our midst, quiet us with his love. When our kids were little, um, they would sometimes run into crisis. And when you're a little kid, it could be the ball went over the fence. It could be that the, the bee landed and almost stung you. But I would typically see our kids coming in and they would be very distraught, angry or hurt or scared. And they would approach Renee, my amazing wife, and they were obviously upset. And she would always say, go get a washcloth from the bathroom and put cold water on it. And they would go and do that. And then they would come and they'd sit in her lap and she'd put it on her forehead. She goes, so tell me what's going on. And they would tell the story about the ball that went over the fence, about the bee that landed on their arm, about the last bite of brownie that their brother took and it was supposed to be for them. It was a real crisis. And she would sit with that little cold washcloth on their head 
and she would be with them. She would be present. She would sort of sometimes just hum or listen. And I could see them growing more quiet. I could see them growing more still as she was with them, holding them. And I think that's the heart of Christ, to be with us. Was there anything powerful or magical and medicinal in a wet, cold washcloth? Not that we could discern, but something was getting quiet. When Jesus was in front of his accusers and they were bringing all kinds of charges, when Pilate was, was saying, you know, why aren't you answering? Don't you know I have the power of life and death over you? And it says that Jesus remained quiet. Jesus remained still. He realized he wasn't the one defending himself, protecting himself, that his father was. And so he looked at Pilate and, he, and Pilate said, I have the power to spare you or kill you. And Jesus quietly and clearly looked at him and said, you can't do anything to me but what my father allows. There was a quiet in the midst of all the accusations and charges. And it was inside of Jesus. He's gone before us. When Jesus invites us to something, it's because he's gone first. He found the quiet in the midst of all the threat and all the chaos and all the fear. He found the quiet. And I think the first step when we're facing these kinds of situations is to realize we're not fighting this battle. God is fighting it, but he is asking us to get still. And that does require our participation. Um, after we get still, uh, we find in uh, the following verse, in verse 15, we actually get two kind of directives in verse 15. In verse 15, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Um, tell the Israelites to move forward. Um, it's an interesting response is that first we're told to get still, to get quiet. Great, we're still inside. And then he goes, why, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move forward. He addresses them as a group. He doesn't address them as individuals. Tell each person to kind of, you know, uh, sort this out. But he addresses them as a community, which is how God always invites us, not just as individuals. Tell the Israelites. They are a community. They're connected to one another in their faith and in their history and in their hopes. And so he addresses them as a group, which means they need to be connected. And I think after we get still, we're gonna get this invitation from God to be connected to one another. Now, if we connect to one another when we're all out of sorts, we're just gonna magnify the chaos. But if we get still, and then we hear this invitation, tell the Israelites, tell my church, tell my people, we kind of go, we're being invited into a connection that uh, has some, something in it uh, for us to give and something in it for us to receive. Um, the connecting with one another, if we think about how we're going to connect with one another, um, we're given a picture of what it looks like to connect with one another. And um, we find that picture in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 to 9. Um, how are we going to connect to one another? And in 1 Peter chapter 4, 7 and 9, it says this. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert 
and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Um, man, that's pretty simple, but it is certainly not easy um, to kind of, uh, if we take a look at that, so be sober. Um, you know, medical people will tell you that a glass of wine might be good for your heart, but a bottle of wine, probably not good for your liver or your marriage. Um, you know, um, there's a point that any good thing becomes uh, a controlling thing, a damaging thing. If we go to, to some place to, to get comfort or escape comfort, we can actually lose the comfort that might have been there. And so we're told to stay alert, to stay aware. Why? So we can pray. Because praying is an invitation from God to kind of pour out our hearts and pour out our fears and pour out our hopes. And so we don't want to medicate or escape. We want to be alert. We want to know what's going on in us. We want to know what's going on with people around us. We want to be in a position that we can participate. And then he says, above all, like more than anything else, love each other deeply. Um, that word deeply is a word that means relentless, intensely, unstoppable. He says, I want you to love each other deeply in this persistent, stubborn, not gonna stop no matter what, to love each other with that way. And then he tells us why. Um, because it covers a multitude of sin and stupid, right? That word multitude is plethora, cornucopia. He goes, we're gonna have to, you're invited to love each other deeply because guess what? There's gonna be a lot of brokenness. There's gonna be a lot of missteps and misspoken words. There's gonna be a lot of misses. The end of all things is near. We've gotta mine a deep love. We've gotta refresh a deep love because there's gonna be lots of misbehavior and bad behavior and poor behavior and clueless behavior and love covers. It doesn't ignore, it doesn't deny, it doesn't dismiss. It covers a multitude of sin, right? And we're invited into that. We're invited to find that deep love. And then he says, finally, uh, to offer hospitality to one another um, without grumbling. Uh, Grumble-free hospitality, okay? Um, it's an interesting combination. That word hospitality here is our root word for hospital. Hospitality is a thing that heals us. To have someone love us in spite of our very imperfect performance, that's an act of healing. And Peter invites us into being hospitable without grumbling. Hospitality is... Um, a costly thing. And you might offer hospitality. You might serve somebody. You might love somebody. You might forgive somebody. You might wash their dishes. You might do all of that and go, they're not recognizing it. They're not receiving it. They're not reciprocating it. And you know what? That's where grumbling and muttering and murmuring kind of kicks in, right? The murmuring is just this quiet displeasure, this conversation in your head that goes, I can't believe that. 
So we're not speaking it outside, but it starts to form this resentment and bitterness inside. And bitterness, scripture says, um, has a deep root. If you're getting bitter because you're working and serving somebody and they're not receiving and reciprocating, understand bitterness has a really deep root into your heart. And bitter will, will give you an attitude, a murmuring, a discontent. And so we're invited to offer hospitality without that. It will contaminate it. So here's a thought experiment. Imagine that Jesus gives you a dream tonight and he tells you that he wants you to be an Airbnb host for a group of people that look like your family. All right. And, uh, and then he tells you this. He goes, I don't want you just to be a host. Here's the deal. I want you to be a super host. Now, if you're going to be a super host on Airbnb, then uh, when they track the communication, you have to respond to 90% of all requests. 90% of all you have to respond to. So ignoring is not a response. Reacting is not a response. You have to respond to 90% of the request questions of your guest, right? I guess 10% of the time, go ahead and blow them off. Go ahead and react. <laughs> go ahead and do it. But if you're going to be a super host, 90% of the time. And then 80% of the time, your host, your guest, need to give you a five-star rating, which is like the four out of five. So if you have five family members, you got to have four that give you a five-star. Again, you might be able to write someone off. Um, but it's got to be an 80% five-star rating, a 90% I'm going to try to respond to you, not ignore you and react, right? And he goes, that is a super host. And Christ is inviting us to be super hosts. And here's the deal. We've got to keep getting refreshed with love and grace, right? What we should be most concerned about running out of during this time period is not toilet paper. What we should be most concerned about running out of is love. Deep, gracious, faithful love. We cannot afford to run out of that. We should be stocking up our lives with love. We should be gathering and regathering it because we need a deep love. We need that so that we can host each other without grumbling. And God can do some healing in deeper places. That is a hard and a good invitation. We got to get still. Then we got to get connected. And then finally, he tells the Israelites, now tell them to move out, to move on. Now, here's the deal. They're still and they're connected, but there's still a dead end in front of them. And here's what he says to them. Move towards the dead end. Are you clear with me? Are you connected to each other? Walk towards the dead end. Move out. And here's the amazing thing about Christ is he oftentimes asks us to start a miracle that we cannot finish. Start it. Can you say a kind word? Well, what will that do? It'll start a little miracle of maybe kindness. Can you forgive a person who doesn't even know they need to be forgiven? What will that possibly do? It'll start a miracle. We don't know how to finish a miracle. God invites us to start it. And once we start it, all kinds of things can happen. He tells Peter, 
drop your nets into the deep water. And Peter goes, we're tired. We're exhausted. We caught nothing. Do you know how many times I've reached out? Do you know all night long, all month long, I've been doing it. I've got nothing to show and I don't think it'll work. But Peter says, because you said so, I'm going to let the nets out. And when he does that, when he does this ridiculous, over-the-top act of sacrificial obedience, when he lets the nets out, God brings in the fish. God might be asking you to let the nets out. God might be asking you to, to initiate kindness, to offer mercy to a person, right? In the sense of going, what could that possibly do? It could be the beginning of a little miracle that Christ would come in and just fill out. We're invited. We're invited to do that, right? He says, look, I need you to get still. I need you to get connected. And then I need you to get going. That's the invitation. That is a hard and a good invitation. But he went first and he's asking us to follow and he's promised us to give us the power to do that. And we have to decide if we'll say yes to that hard, good invitation. And I'd like you to think about that this morning. Are you willing to say yes to that? When I first came to faith about 40 years ago, I went on a backpacking trip in Colorado. And about three days into that trip, um, we got to a, a place on the terrain that we were hiking that we got to about an 80, 85 foot cliff. And there was no obvious trail down from here. And the guide that was on the trip said, hey, let's, uh, let's take your pack off. I had a 100-foot climbing rope on the back of my pack. I wasn't sure what it was for, but he goes, hey, take your climbing rope off. And as we began to do that, um, he began to tie off up top. And um, he goes, hey, Wooster, can, uh, can you help me out? And I go, hey, just a heads up. I, um, I've got a little bit of a height issue. Um, you know, so he goes, oh, no, no, I totally get it. I just need you to put the harness on and, and you know, just show people. I, oh, okay, great. So I put the harness on and he does the rest of it. And then he goes, hey, can you go stand by the edge of the cliff there? And I go, yeah, yeah. And he goes, so he explains to everybody what we're going to do. And then he goes, okay, well, now we're going to rappel down the cliff. And I just go, uh, time out, uh, Jim. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I'm slightly terrified of heights. And this is like, like it looks like if I fell from here, uh, that would kill me. And he goes, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure it would kill you. And I go, again, um, thanks for inviting me to do this, but I am really scared of this. He goes, no problem. Totally get it. You can do it scared. It's all right. I go, no, 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 no. I'm not asking to do it scared. I'm saying, you have somebody else and he goes, no, you're the guy. Like, go ahead. I just want you to step off the edge of the cliff. And I go, but I am really scared. He goes, I know you are. I know you are. And then, uh, just looked at me like eyeball to eyeball. And he goes, you know what, Wooster? He goes, I've got you. Let's do this. It was 40 years ago. I stood on the edge of that cliff and Jim looked at me and he smiled and he said, I've got you. Let's do this. Um, it was a hard and good invitation in my life. I, I hadn't been following Christ very long, but I did step off and he did have me. And it was the beginning of realizing, wow, uh, he was Christ to me in that moment. 
And I'm wondering for you this morning, is there something that God would be saying to you in this hard place? Is there an invitation that maybe is even dangerous, but if it's from the one who made us and loved us, a dangerous invitation is not gonna break us down, it's gonna break us open. I'm wondering, scripture says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Um, hey, I'm gonna invite the band to come back up. We're gonna have a worship time and um, or a final song. And um, well, we're going to uh, hear from them. And um, let me uh, say a prayer. And if you're listening to us with us, uh, if you're a new friend of Living Streams, I would just say, um, God always speaks. We don't always hear, but God always speaks. And so uh, while they're playing, um, I would encourage you to listen. Is God saying something to you? The invitation is always to say yes to him and let him show us what that means. And so um, I'm gonna pray and then uh, they will come. Jesus, speak to us and show us what you have for us this morning. Um, we're listening in your name.